got a Bible with you this morning, whether it's electronically, whether you've got a paper Bible, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 uh, is where we're going to be this morning. So those of you that are worshiping at home online with us as well, I'm going to invite you to uh, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 because what Paul's going to talk about here is living in your calling. All right, so again, in the middle of talking about relationships, we're going to look a lot this morning about where God's calling you to be in those relationships and in your everyday lives. And so I, I know you just stood, but if you don't mind, let's stand again if you can. And let's read the Word of God together. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, let's pick up in verse 17. The Apostle Paul says, Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him, and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. Was anyone at the time of his call already circumcised? Let him not seek to remove the marks of circumcision. Was anyone at the time of his called uncircumcised? Let him not seek circumcision. Verse 19, for neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but keeping the commands of God. Verse 20, he says, each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Were you a bondservant when called? Do not be concerned about it. But if you gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who was free when called is a bondservant of Christ. Verse 23 says, you were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So brothers, in whatever condition each was called, let him remain with God. Father God, we thank you this morning for the songs we were able to sing to you and about you. And that last song, Lord, we, we can think of your great faithfulness in which you have showed each and every one of us at, at all points of our lives. Lord, thank you for that. And this morning we come to your word that is not the word of man, but it is the word of God. And so, Father, we think of the faithfulness of this word that has spoken to many of us through many of the years and all kinds of different situations we've had in our lives. And so, Father, I pray this morning uh, that you put words within my mouth to speak. And, Father, I do not put words in your mouth. And, Lord, help us as believers in Christ to love your word, obey your word, and to love and to lead that next person to a new life with Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, see if you can identify maybe with one of these statements. And maybe you said one of these things at some point in your life. I cannot wait to graduate. Right? I'm looking at some young people in here this morning. I cannot wait to graduate. I cannot wait to get married. I cannot wait to have kids. I cannot wait till the kids are grown and gone, right? I cannot wait for a new job. I cannot wait to retire. Have you ever said any of those things in your life? You know what's the, the, uh, about our culture is we are a culture of what's next. What's next? What's next? What's next? We're always looking for what's next. I can't wait for what's next. But here's the problem. If we're always looking for what's next, we're going to miss what's now. And we, if we're always after the more and the more and the bigger and the faster and the stronger, and we're looking for what's next, we're going to miss what's now. 
And so that's what the Apostle Paul, when we're reading about this and he's talking about calling this morning, he's going to encourage us to do this, is to look not so much for the next blessing of God, but right now how God is blessing you today. Look at that right there on the screen. See, if we're always focused on the next blessing, then that can cause you to miss God's blessing now. And it's interesting that in a chapter on relationships, single, married, widowed, that right here in the middle, at the heart of the chapter, he puts verses on calling. Why? Why why did he do that? I mean, we've talked about marriage and divorce and all kinds of things within this chapter. Why in the world stick these verses right in the heart of the chapter? Because sometimes even in our relationships, we can keep thinking about what's next. What's next? Maybe in your marriage, you're sitting there today thinking, I'm missing out on somebody else that God might have for me. You know, in your singleness, you're you're so focused right now on, on getting married. I have to get married. I have to get married. I have to get married. You know, in your job, all you're thinking about in your current job is how do I get out of this job and get a new job? Maybe in your friendships, You're saying, you know what, I'm getting tired of this friend because, you know, I've done all I can for them. Now I need to go find a new project, right? You need to go find a new friend. Some of you are that way. You base friendships based on just, I'm going to fix you up. All right, I got you fixed, and now I'm going to go fix this person up. And so Paul's showing us something that's very, very key. If we're always looking for what's next, we're going to miss what God has for us today, the blessing now. So we're going to talk this morning about something that's going to make us really uncomfortable. Are you ready? It's a word that we don't like to use, and it's a word we don't throw around often, contentment. How to be content in Christ in where he has called you right now. So let's look in the passage together. When we pick up in verse 17, you're going to see this, that you find contentment in life by knowing your identity is in Jesus. Okay, so you find your contentment in life by knowing your identity is in Jesus. So look in verse 17 again. He says, only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. Now, verses 17 through 24, that word call shows up a lot. Depending on your translation, it's going to show up either seven times or eight times depending on what it does with verse 17. And so what is he saying? He's saying, where God has called you right now, learn to be content right now. And contentment is found is in your identity in Jesus. Now let's kind of back up for a second and look at that word call, because again, it comes up a lot. And so what you want to do when you're reading your Bibles and you see a word like that that's appearing over and over and over again is to stop and ask, Okay, what does he mean by the word call? Because it keeps showing up. Well, understand there's really two types of call within the Bible. There's first a call to salvation. Okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, is where Paul uses that type of call. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So the Bible would teach us before you come to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are dead spiritually. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. But thanks be to God who made us alive together 
with Christ Jesus. By grace, you're saved. So if I'm dead spiritually, something has to happen because, listen, dead people don't make themselves alive, right? That's pretty impossible. I mean, no dead person's going to just stay dead if they can make themselves alive. Spiritually, we're dead without Christ, dead in our trespasses and sins. But when God calls, so when you hear the gospel, someone shares Jesus with you, he calls you, he draws you, he convicts you of your sin, and he's saying, now be reconciled to me. Come to faith in me. So when that person hears the gospel, God's convicted them, he's drawn them, they turn from their sin, they trust Christ by faith as his Lord and Savior, they're saved, the Bible says. So that's one way the Bible uses the term called. It's one way Paul does. But there's a second type of call, and that call is what we call a vocational call. This is the type of call Paul's using in these verses. All right, so a vocational type of call. This is where God calls you to be an engineer, a counselor, a pastor, a missionary, a a lawyer, a teacher, a nurse, a doctor, a homemaker. Our day-to-day lives, God says, here's your call. Here's what I'm assigning to you. Here's where I'm putting you. And so Paul says, that's the type of call I'm using. And you and I find our identity not in what we do in that calling, but in Christ who's called us. Because notice what he says in verses 18 and 19. He says, was anyone among you at the time of his call circumcised? Well, let him not seek to remove the marks of circumcision, right? And all the guys in the room are like, amen, you know. And then verse 19, or or verse 18, was any of of you at the time of your call uncircumcised? Well, let him not seek circumcision. And again, all the guys are in the room are like, amen, right? Don't want to do that as an adult. What was happening is this, is a Jewish person was getting saved, and they had already been circumcised, and then you have a Gentile going, hey, you don't need that. You need to get uncircumcised. And then a Gentile person was getting saved, and the Jewish person was like, whoa, 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 you need to get circumcised. And so the people in Corinth were kind of just having this identity crisis where they were just like swinging to the opposite end. Well, now I follow Christ, I'm not circumcised, I need to get circumcised. Or now I follow Jesus and I'm married to this person who's an unbeliever now, because maybe you both were unbelievers in the beginning, you got saved and and she hasn't, well now I need to divorce her, or I just got saved and I can't do this job anymore, now I need to do this job. And so they're, they're changing their social statuses up, they're changing their identities, where Jesus is like, no, this is where I've assigned you, this is where I've put you, this is where I've called you. Find that identity in Christ. So this morning, that marriage that you have, that God has put you in, was not a mistake when he did that. The job that you have today is where God wants you to be. The house in which you live in today is where God wants you to be. This is where God has called you and assigned you. I I love this quote I found by uh, John Calvin. He was an old reformer many, many years ago, and it, it just really hits the nail on the head. He says, each individual has his own living assigned to him by the Lord as a sort of sentry post so that he may not heedlessly wander throughout life. Your calling is not my calling. And if I try to take what you have, I'll wander heedlessly throughout life. I'll leave the place of good, fruitful, 
productive work God has staked out for me and wander into wastelands. Translation, the grass is not always greener on the other side. It could just be sitting over the top of a septic tank, right? Okay, there you go. Some of you got that. Some of you, it's going to hit you at that PB&J sandwich at lunch. Like, oh, got it. All right, there it is. Okay. But where God has put you is where God wants you. That's the call. Find the identity in Christ who has called you, right? So when I learn to do that, then I find contentment in my life. I'm not so focused on what's next. I'm looking at how God's blessing me now. Well, secondly, let's look at this. Another way to find contentment, and this is going to pick us up in verses uh, 20 uh, on down to 24, is you find contentment in life by not allowing your work to identify your identity, all right? So not allowing your work to identify your identity. You find that commitment in Christ by not allowing work to define who you are. Let's pick up in verse 20. He says, each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. So he says, verse 21, were you a bondservant when called? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who was free when he was called as a bondservant of Christ. Verse 23, you're bought with the price. Do not become bondservants of men. So brothers, in whatever condition each was called, let him there remain with God. So what Paul's getting at here is that sometimes we fall into the trap of letting our work put in our identity, right? So we find all our identity in what we do. So therefore, we have identity crisis when we stop doing what we do. Maybe it's a career switch, a job switch, or retirement, all right? And a lot of people, when they go into retirement, they're kind of like, well, who am I now? What, What do I do, right? Because you've tied your identity into work. Now, Paul uses the term bondservant in the ESV version I have. You may have a a version that says the word slave. And let's kind of go over this real quickly. When it comes to slavery in the Bible, understand we see slavery in the Bible, but God never approves of slavery. Slavery in any form has always been wrong and is always evil. But when we read about slaves here, You are probably thinking already slavery in the American South evil institution that we had in our nation's history. But Roman slavery and American slavery were far different. Slavery that we had within our history here in the United States, uh, those that we enslaved, they were basically treated as property, not people. They didn't have legal rights. They didn't have personal rights. They were bought. They were sold. They were born into it. A lot of them were kidnapped from their homes in, the, you know, in Africa, the Caribbeans or wherever, and they were brought here. All right, we know, as you've studied history, that the history of our nation was slavery. There was a many, many, many awful atrocities done to folks, and it was evil. Roman slavery is a completely different system. In a Roman slave, you became a Roman slave in a couple of different ways. First, you could have been a prisoner of war. So they came into an area, they conquered your area, and they captured you as a prisoner of war. You could be released from that slavery at some point. Sometimes people chose to come into slavery because they had a debt they could not pay. They didn't have the finances to pay it, so they worked it off. They worked off the debt, they could be released. Some were Roman slaves based on a prison sentence. You know, they they were sentenced to time of hard labor. 
Roman slaves often had property rights. Roman slaves had personal rights. These were often skilled craftsmen, builders, doctors, nurses, teachers, lawyers could be Roman slaves. But let me say this. I'm not painting a, a rosy picture of that, okay? There were still many awful atrocities done even in that system. And again, even though we read slavery in the Bible in parts, that does not mean that God ever approved of any form of enslaving another human being. What Paul is essentially saying here is to those that were in slavery at the time, when they came to know Christ, he's like, hey, if you can buy your freedom... Go right ahead. That, that's great. Do that. But if you can't, don't find your identity in being a slave. Find your identity in Christ because that's who you are. You are free in Jesus. And understand that this morning, that in no spot in your life are you ever freer than where you are in Jesus Christ. It is Christ who sets us free. It's Christ who sets us free from the penalty of sin, the bondage of sin, and one day the presence of sin. We are free people in Christ. But let's kind of put this to a little modern day application. We're going to put these verses into the workforce just to help you out a little bit. It's to think about it this way. Your job in what you do does not define who you are. All right? You may say, well, I'm a teacher. Well, you're not a teacher. You teach. Where you are in your career is where God wants you to make disciples. All right, so for some of you, you're going into a job tomorrow. When you enter into that workforce place, that is your disciple-making ground. That is your mission field that God has put you in right now for that time, for that season. All right, because he's called us all to make disciples. That's where you can do that. You can serve as the office chaplain right where you are. Right? So in your job, you can be that missionary right there to make disciples because your identity is not your job. Your identity is Jesus. And when you come into work and you can think about it that way, you can find peace and contentment in that job because you know right here is where God has put me to help make disciples. Well, how about this morning for those of you that are, are retired? You can say, well, well, I'm retired. I'm off the clock. No, you're not. You're still punching in every day. <laughs> you know Why? You know, are you still punching in? Some of you got grandkids running around. I mean, you got adult kids who don't know Jesus. Maybe your spouse doesn't know Jesus. You are still a disciple maker where God has called you and he's placed you to be in the season of life in which you are in. And you say, okay, well, I'm a homemaker. I don't go to a job. Right, right. okay, right there, you're home. There's your mission field. You got kiddos running around that need Jesus. And you're like, yeah, and some days they need Jesus more than the other days. I get you right? But right there, you can help raise them in where God has called you to be in that situation. See, the problem is if we get so focused on looking at what's next, we're going to miss God's blessing now, where he's called you to be now, and how he's called you to make disciples now. See, I want you to return back to verse 24, because I know verse 24 is going to bring up a lot of questions, where he says, so brothers, in whatever condition each was called, there let him remain. So where God has called you, where God has put you, verse 17, where God has assigned you. Let's go over just maybe a couple of things here that, that the text doesn't answer, 
But I know it's probably in your mind, so we're going to pull back and kind of look at this from a different scope and a, and a higher viewpoint. What about ambition? I mean, should we be ambitious people as Christians? Or, or you know, where does ambition work into this? Because we've talked a lot about contentment this morning, but, but what about ambition? Well, I would say this, that if you read about the life of the Apostle Paul, especially in the book of Acts, this is a very ambitious dude, right? I mean, he is very ambitious. We know of at least three missionary journeys. Romans 10, uh, Romans 10 verse 1, he says, look, I'm praying for all of Israel to be saved. We see all through the book of Acts, he's like, hey, the gospel's not over there. Let's go over there. Let's preach the gospel. Let's start a church. Gospel's not over there. Let's go over there. Let's preach the gospel. Let's start a church. That's ambition, right? Paul's a very, very ambitious person. And there is nothing wrong with ambition in the Christian life if it's what God's calling you to, and he's leading you to, and he's pushing you to. So he's not saying, hey, just sit there and be a knot on the log and don't do anything. No, be an ambitious believer in Jesus, but do that with God's calling and leading. All right, so, so ambition's not a bad thing. Paul would, Paul would say, yeah, I'm a very ambitious person. What about this? Should you ever change jobs? You know, what, what about a job switch, a profession switch? Because any saying in verse 24, look where he's put me, he's called me there, remain. But you know what? In the Bible, we see a lot of job switches, don't we? I mean, you got a guy by the name of Matthew who was a tax collector who God called to be a, a preacher. James and John, who were fishermen that God called to be missionaries. How about in the Old Testament? There's that guy named David who was a shepherd. And what did God call him to be? A king. Well, that's a, that's a promotion, right? <laughs> I mean, whew, that's right on up the corporate ladder. So you see that all through Scripture. You see job changes. You see career changes. And that's fine. God may be calling you right now to switch a career, to take a promotion, to look at a different position. That's okay. But listen, don't make the mistake of entering into that without seeking God's call. Because I've seen that way too many times where people are like, okay, well, I'm just going to take this job, or I'm going to go do this now, or I'm going to do this. And they all never seek the Lord out. Listen, that career change, that promotion, that's going to affect your family. That may cause you to travel more. It may cause you to be a home, you know, away from the home more. You've got to look at what God's calling you to do. So if it's a career change, a, you know, a promotion, a switch, okay. But is God in it? Is he calling you to that? If he's not, then find contentment and peace in where you are right now because that's where he has you right now. He may call you out of that later, but right now is where he's blessing you. Right now is where he is using you. Well, how about this? For those of you this morning that are maybe single, is it wrong to ever desire to be married? No. As a single, that's never wrong to desire to be married. You know, again, if God's calling you to be married, you know, God may be calling you for a, a season of singleness. He may be calling you to a lifetime of singleness. And you're going to have to work that call out. But to have that desire to be married is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to pray about that. You know, this is the today, and I'm not making this up. I'll post it on Facebook as a Facebook memory later, so you all know I'm not making this up for a point of an illustration. But today is the day that 19 years ago I met Sandra for the first time. 19 years ago. And you know where I was in my life at that point? I was uh, 24 years old. I was teaching at a Christian school. I'd been at a basketball coach for several years. And the year prior, before I met her, 
I had gotten some job offers uh, throughout the city of Raleigh um, over the summer. I even got a, a college up in West Virginia that wanted to, me to come and be their assistant coach as a Division three school. And all of these jobs would have paid me ten to $12,000 more a year to do the exact same thing to do at the school I was at. I was making a whopping $24,000, all right, at the age of 24, teaching full-time. Now, ten dollars to $12,000 more a year, that's, that's a pretty decent pay raise, right? Three offers, came to my folks, came to my friends. I was like, hey, pray with me on this. And every time I said, no, can't do it. It's not what God's calling me to do. And I had people go, you're nuts, you're crazy. These are bigger schools. These are bigger opportunities. This is a college job. These are big pay raises, 10, 12 grand. I was like, look, God's telling me no. And I don't know why, but God's telling me no. Well, at that point in my own life, I was single. And I had gotten to the point with the Lord where I'm like, all right, if you're calling me to be single for the rest of my life, fine. I'm okay with that. I don't really like dating. I'm really bad at dating. I'm broke. I'm shy. I'm awkward. I mean, just like, I'm cool. If you want me to be single, great. And I prayed this prayer. Lord, if you want me to be married, you have to send her to me because I'm done looking. All right? I literally prayed that. I am done asking girls. I'm done you want me to be married, you've got to send her to me. Next summer, I helped Sandra move into her apartment, right? It's the first time I ever met her. So God moved her from Texas to North Carolina to start at the seminary in which I was going to start at the, the next year. I mean, listen, that's, that's amazing to me, the way God works that out. So maybe this morning, if you're single, just know God, God may be working some things out here in a year or two that, that you just don't know. You don't see yet. But understand, see the blessings of where God has you this morning. In the marriage you're in right now, God didn't make a mistake by putting you together. And it may be hard for the season. It may be hard right now. But stay together, the Bible would say. Keep working on that marriage because that's who God has called you to be. A married couple until death parts you. And look at the blessings that you have today. See, contentment in life is found not And by just looking for the next blessing, but seeing how God's working and blessing in your life today. So I'm going to invite you just to to bow your heads right where you are and and let's pray together this morning. I want to thank you for watching today's message and simply ask you this question. Have you made the most important decision you've ever had to make in your life? You know, I know you've probably made a lot of important decisions. You've decided who to marry. Maybe you've decided what town to live in, where to buy a house, where to go to college, maybe a job to take or to leave. But have you made an eternal decision? Because the Bible says that's a decision you have to make, and it's a decision of whether or not you're going to follow Jesus Christ as the personal Lord and Savior of your life. You know, I made that decision at the age of 14. Just one night in my bedroom, I came to know Jesus Christ as the personal Lord and Savior of my life. I had grown up going to church all my life, but I had yet to place my faith and trust in Him until that night, right there in my bedroom, I trusted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And so I want to encourage you to do that today right where you are. You know, there's a verse in the book of Romans that I just absolutely love. It's Romans chapter 10 in verse 13, where it says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And just think about that. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
That doesn't matter if you've ever been to church in your life or you've grown up in church or you've never been. It doesn't matter what you have done. Whoever calls on the name of Jesus Christ will be saved. So I want to encourage you just right now where you are, if you're ready to become a follower of Jesus Christ, would you bow in prayer with me and just pray, Dear God, today I'm ready to trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I am calling on Jesus to save me. Thank you, God, for doing that. Uh, friend, I want to thank you today for praying along with me. And I want to encourage you to take the next step, which is to let us know. Let us know that you've prayed to be a Christian today so we can follow up with you, counsel you, talk with you more about that, pray, see if you have any questions, and just help you take that next step of faith. You can go to our website, heightschurch.org slash connect. You can leave a comment here on our YouTube page as well, and we'll be in touch with you. So thank you for watching today's message, and I hope you have a great week.